everybody and welcome to From the Mezzanine. I'm your host, Lindsay Stone, and let's get into this week's episode. How is everybody doing? Guys, wow, I have so much to catch y'all up on. First and foremost, please, if you are have been listening to FTM for like a minute, head over to my Instagram because I can't even express how excited I am about my new podcast setup. I have done a full remodel on my space and I'm obsessed with it. And I hope that y'all can see changes are coming for From the Mezzanine. We are about to be in our glow up era and I have been plotting this in the background for so long and it's happening and it's here and oh my gosh, I love my space. I got a brand new pink chair to sit in. It's everything is on brand. You know me, you know me like everything is just like pink and it's giving from the mezzanine vibes a little more polished a little more classy we're taking it up a notch and I hope that you can hear a difference in the sound quality because I have upgraded my entire setup and I'm just excited for the future from the mezzanine because there's a lot of fun things happening. I'm hoping we're going to see a few other positive changes here in the coming weeks, so stay tuned for that. But I'll post a video of my new setup, guys, on my social media links if y'all want to go check it out. I have been kind of like like a nomad. I've been podcasting wherever I can. I'll podcast at a desk. I'll podcast on the couch. Um, and especially since we've been in New York, I've been experimenting with different places to like try out podcasting. And ultimately I was like, I need like a proper space. So I've allocated a, a corner, <laughs> literally a corner of my apartment to be my new podcasting space. And I'm so obsessed with it. I have a pink New Yorker magazine cover in my background. I've got a gorgeous plant and I'm so comfy in my big podcasting chair. Like this is so nice and cozy and it, it feels really good. So anyways, if you want to go see my new setup, go check it out on my Instagram. But that's not the only reason that I'm amazing this week. I have had such a busy time and the busyness is not over yet. Oh my gosh, guys. This weekend, I saw Gatsby. I saw Gutenberg for a second time. I have been running around New York City with my sister. Um, she came to visit and we had so much fun. Um, but it also meant that I had no time to record the podcast. So I have a tiny little window of like 30 minutes to record the podcast before I'm about to go to Wicked's 20th anniversary show. I am going to the green show. Um, by the time this comes out, it will have already happened. Did I see Adina? Did she show up? I hope so. I don't know. Um, but it has been so, so busy. And I have so much to tell y'all, especially about Gatsby. I... Don't even know where to begin. So The Great Gatsby has been playing at the Paper Mill Playhouse since like the beginning of this month and it's going until November 12th and we got tickets for the Saturday matinee. We drove out to Jersey. Don't get me started. It was so stressful, but we made it. And the area, the little town that Paper Mill Playhouse is in is so cute. I cannot wait to go to another show there because I'm going to get there early and explore the little town. It was adorable. Um, I was so excited. I had butterflies all day leading up to the show uh, because I was going to see Jeremy Jordan and I could not even believe it. So let me preface this by saying that we did not spend a whole lot of money on these tickets. We got the cheapest tickets in the place and it was a very big theater. So we were a ways back. I really want to go back and see it one more time and be a lot closer. I'm considering it. Um, so anyways, 
Gatsby comes out. He is the first on stage. And wow, does Jeremy Jordan meet every expectation. He truly, truly does. Don't ask me why. I don't know why. For some reason, I had some reservations about his acting chops. I know he's a great actor. I've seen him act, not in person, but on the last five years and Newsies. I mean, last five years is my movie. I love that movie. But for some reason, like Gatsby is such this iconic role. I knew he would deliver in terms of vocal abilities, but I wasn't certain that he would amaze me as Gatsby. He fit the role perfectly. I thought he did excellent. And that was from the very back of the audience. So I can only imagine how good he is when you're really up close. Um, Okay, let's break down like songs, choreography, set, all of that so that I can just like really get my my feelings and opinions across. So let's start off with the characters. So Gatsby and Eva were our leads. Eva Noblezada plays Daisy. And I knew going into it because I've seen her in Town before. I knew she was going to be amazing. And she certainly was. She was perfect. I, I stand by saying that this is the strongest vocal performance of a show I've ever heard. The person who played Nick Carraway was insanely good. And we had all of the main cast. We didn't have any OBCs on. Um, Everybody, every single cast member I thought was excellent. We did, however, have a minor technical difficulty. Um, At the top of the second act, somebody's microphone went out. So that was interesting and honestly sad because he had some really important lines. But this this show is really aligning closely to the movie. If you know the movie, it is checking off all of the boxes like basically scene by scene. Um, The first act, I would say, was much better than the second. So that's kind of my hot take. The first act, I went into intermission feeling energized and wowed. And then the second act, it kind of fell off. In the first act, you're learning about Gatsby, you're learning about Daisy and the relationship where Nick comes in and all of that. But you're really focusing on Gatsby and Daisy's relationship. And then in the second act, it is much heavier on like all of the characters. And so you kind of like long for seeing Gatsby and Daisy's relationship again. Just kind of feels like where did they go? And so that was kind of sad. It definitely focuses a little more on like Nick, Caraway and Jordan Baker's relationship in the second act. Um, so that was like uh, something that I kind of didn't like. And my, me and my sister are huge Gatsby fans. I mean, we used to just obsess over the movie. We absolutely loved it. So we are going to review it very closely because we have some opinions. We want it to be done right. And so we felt as though it didn't wow us the way that a Gatsby party is supposed to wow you. I mean, in the movie, there are a thousand things happening at once in these parties. And all of a sudden, in the middle of it all, you see Gatsby. He comes through and it's like, whoa, this mysterious man who we've been so curious about is right there finally. Like it leaves you waiting and wondering like who is Gatsby and and what is the mystery that surrounds him and that kind of thing. And this show really lacked that 
the mysteriousness of Gatsby, um, which kind of makes him a larger than life sort of person in the movie because you're like, what is his business dealings? What is his history? Who is he? How did he come into all of this money? The musical presents the answers to those questions in a very simple way without adding to the fun of the mystery of it all, if that makes sense. And then the parties were like so lame. Like I'm not even going to lie. The parties on the stage were really like, you were like, Ever, this is the party that everybody wants to go to. It, people are just like swaying side to side. It wasn't like crazy showgirls and can-can girls like you want it to be, like it should be, like it should be like champagne pouring everywhere, that kind of thing. And this was really lackluster in those terms. But I was telling my sister, look, this is their off-Broadway tryout. When this moves to Broadway, potentially they could come into a lot more investors, a lot more producers who are going to give it the money it needs to give it that major oomph and wow factor of a larger cast who is going to make the party seem a lot more full and a lot more crazy. I mean, at, in the second act, they brought out this like Americana woman to sing this song to the troops. And and it was so dry. It was so like, like it, I just couldn't believe like these are the hottest parties in New York in the 20s during prohibition. Like there was so much more that they could have done. So those are my two biggest things that I was I couldn't turn away from that I was like, this right here is wrong. This needs to be changed before it comes to Broadway. But I do see the show moving to Broadway because those first act songs are just dreamy. There's a song Eva sings, her first song, I think, where it's called So Sophisticated. It is so good. And then Gatsby's main song, I want to say it's called For Her. So good. And Jeremy belts it with his whole heart, with his whole chest too. Like he belts that thing to the back of the auditorium and it is moving. My, my sister and I both said that we got emotional at times. Like it really compels you. It, it The songs are so good and it's no wonder because the lyricist and musical director are from Paradise Square, which I'm obsessed with. I love Paradise Square. Some of the best music ever. Where is that cast album? We are still waiting. But that, that those are my main takeaways. Casting, unbelievable the the talent of the cast was more than broadway quality the most talented cast i've probably ever seen in terms of vocals uh, the set we need to talk about the set the set was larger than life and it needed to be so where the ensemble not saying the ensemble wasn't good but it needed to be more energized and i think that that has a lot to do with the choreography the choreography can make something look larger than life and the choreography was just kind of pulled back and subdued but where that was subdued, the set delivered. Gatsby's mansion needs to be this palace. And it absolutely was. Every set piece, every change of setting that I saw just had me in awe. Like, oh my gosh, like it really, really had me shook. And um, so that, that was a major high point. And if it comes to Broadway, the set is perfect. We don't need any changes. I loved their use of the cars. I was so curious how they would have all of the cars and that was really cool. And the ending scene, the death scene. Spoiler alert, okay? This movie has been out for forever. Plus, 
the book has been out since the 20s, so I hope that you've, you're aware that uh, Gatsby dies. Okay, um, the death scene, I was really curious how they were going to do that, and I thought that they did that in a really good way. The audience was shook, which was a little crazy. Um, I was like, really, guys? You didn't know that this was going to happen? Um, okay, we talked about set. Costumes were fine. They were good. They were good. They were fine. They weren't. They weren't amazing, but they weren't bad. Um, I just feel like the flappers needed to be a little more like risque and beautiful. But like I said, we were far back. We were far back and I do want to see it again up close. But I looked at tickets today and they were all sold out. So that might be a little tricky to swing, but we we may try. Um, yeah, I think that that's pretty much the gist of it. I would like to see it come to Broadway. I think that it does have some work to do. I think they have to make it huge. And one of my favorite things to talk about right now is the fact that there are two Gatsby's right now who are competing for that Broadway spot. I don't know if they truly are, but I like to think that they are. Since Gatsby came off of public domain right now, there's another production of Gatsby that is being worked on. The one that we saw is called The Great Gatsby. And this other production is called Gatsby and they have an all-star team they have uh Rachel Chavkin with Town, who is going to be doing the direction so I am so interested to see how these two Gatsby's are gonna face off Gatsby the other one that hasn't come out yet is going to be at the American Repertory Theater in 2024 so we have some time before we hear more from that but if this the great Gatsby comes to Broadway first I'm really curious what that means for the other production of Gatsby they did great all in all. It was a very enjoyable performance. Um, but as a, an avid fan of The Great Gatsby, I should have liked this a little bit more and not walked away having some reservations. So I do feel like that could be saying something. Additionally to my crazy Broadway weekend, I saw Gutenberg the Musical last night for my third time. And I don't want to talk about it too much because y'all have heard me go on and on about this show, but I could not be any more obsessed. I love these songs. I love Andrew Randalls. I love Josh Gad. The songs never get old. And I just want to say right here, right now on my platform, because I have a platform and I need to use it properly. Gutenberg the Musical, please release a soundtrack please. I've been listening to the old one. It is fine, but I need Andrew Randall's runs. I need Josh Gad's monk voice. I need the soundtrack. Please, please tell me that you're going to do a cast album. Okay. I don't want to talk about it too much because I talk about Gatsby or Gatsby Gutenberg way too much with y'all, but we had the best time. It was so great. Let's head. Oh, wait, one more thing before we head into Broadway grosses. Like I mentioned briefly, I am headed to the Wicked 20th anniversary after I wrap this podcast in a matter of minutes if I don't end it soon I'm gonna miss the subway so um so I just want to let y'all know next week you have that to look forward to that I will be recapping the wicked 20th anniversary we went to the block party today um and uh, I'll just talk about all of that next week so let's head on into our Broadway grosses everybody this is for the week ending on October 22nd. So at the top of the grosses, we have the Lion King. And then I'm just now seeing this at number two. Number two spot is Merrily We Roll Along. This is for their opening week. And they are at 100% and they are right under Lion King. Way to go, Merrily. That is huge. Wicked is at number three. Hamilton is at number four, of course. And then Sweeney Todd, since Merrily is up there, has now been bumped down to number five. 
MJ the Musical is sixth. Aladdin is seventh. Back to the Future is eight. Way to go, Back to the Future. That is a bump up for them. And so since they are at eight, now Moulin Rouge is at nine. And Harry Potter is rounding it out at number ten. So in our Broadway news for this week, I can't even believe that I haven't mentioned this yet because holy cow, did this news story mean absolutely everything to me. If this news hadn't come out the way that I was hoping that it would, I would have been devastated. But no worries because guess who was cast in The Notebook, the musical? Ah! The one, the only John Cardoza, who I originally fell in love with as his Christian in Moulin Rouge, the national tour. And I knew that he had done the role of young, what's his name? Young Noah in the notebook on their off-Broadway run in Chicago. And so I was really hoping that since he left the national tour, everything was aligning for him to be cast in the notebook on Broadway. And sure enough, we got word this week that he was. And not only him, but majority of the Broadway tryout cast is headed to Broadway, which I just love. Like, we don't need to all recast it and do these stunt castings. Let's keep the OGs in their role because they know what they're doing and they are so good. So in addition to the incredible John Cardoza, who will be playing young Noah, we also have Jordan Tyson as the younger Allie. We have Joy Woods as the middle Allie. And we have Marianne Plunkett as the older Allie. Now of this group, I definitely know Joy Woods. She just came off of Little Shop of Horrors just in time for The Notebook. We made that prediction and we were right. Love it when that happens. And then for Noah, we have Ryan Vasquez as Middle Noah and Dorian Harewood as Older Noah. So the only person I believe who is new to this cast, this main cast, would be Dorian Harewood. Um... So this is just music to my ears. John Cardoza is so incredible. And when this news came out, done. I'm, I'm buying a ticket for opening night, which is, let me just make note of this while we're talking about it. So previews will begin for The Notebook, the musical on February 10th and March 14th will be the opening night. So John Cardoza, I'm number one fan. I loved you in Moulin Rouge and I cannot wait to see you in The Notebook, the musical. Speaking on The Notebook, the musical a little more specifically though this is an interesting show to bring to Broadway I'm very curious how it will do in a musical capacity I could see it being very romantic very dreamy very heartwarming you know your heart breaks along with their relationship it's 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 a great story obviously we all know that after seeing the movie but I don't know much about the musical I don't know how much it aligns with the movie um and so I am intrigued I'm not saying that I think this is going to be like the greatest new show that's opening this season but They've done one thing right, at least for sure, with this casting. So I, I'm intrigued. I'm interested in this show. I'm excited to see it. I'm, I'm really excited to see it and, uh, and find out a little bit more about it. So next is something not quite, not nearly as much exciting. And that is that Gate Matarazzo is leaving Sweeney Todd. I love Gate Matarazzo as Tobias. I, sometimes I say Matarazzo. But I think it's Matarazzo. 
Oh, we'll just call him Gaten. How about that? So Gaten has been with this show since it opened on Broadway. And if you have seen it, you know that Tobias holds your heart in the palm of his hand in this show. I love, 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 love him as Tobias. This is the only role I've seen Gaten in. I haven't watched Stranger Things. I didn't get to see him in Parade. I would have loved to. Um, But yeah, I'm sad that he's leaving because he really adds so much to the show. But at the same time, I don't blame him. He's a mega star and he's got some other things up his sleeve, I'm sure. But he has brought us a lot on Broadway. I mean, like I said, he was in Parade. He was in Dear Evan Hansen. Of course, he grew up doing Broadway. So it's very sweet for him to come back. I'm sure that this is where he loves to be. And I don't blame him for leaving, considering that Anna Lee and Josh Groban are going to be leaving shortly in January. So he's leaving just a little bit ahead of them. He is going to be departing the show on November 5th. So Gayton, we will miss you so much. And I, I don't think anybody could even replace you. Like, We're just going to have to cut the character of Tobias because nobody else can fill this role as good as him. But we'll see what comes out. We're still waiting. As as far as when this, when I'm recording this episode, we are still waiting to hear who the new Sweeney Todd and Nellie Lovett are. So we will, I'm sure, have another Sweeney update here in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully by the next time that I record. Okay, guys, that wraps up all of our Broadway news for this week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of From the Mezzanine. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star review wherever you are listening right now, as well as share this episode with a musical theater-loving friend. You can find all of my social links down in the show notes below at From the Mezzanine Podcast, or you can simply find me by typing in From the Mezzanine Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you again next Tuesday. Bye.